Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Mark K from the Mark K Show. You hear me every day from 10 a.m. to noon on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to the Mark K Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. I've got to get Mark K more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark K. Where entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. Two full hours of the Mark K Show starts, starts right now. By the way, I'm interrupting my own show right now. Where I want to take you live to uh, the House Judiciary Committee where Chairman Jerry Nadler is discussing yet another subpoenaed uh, testimony that uh, or subpoenaed a uh, person to give testimony who refused to show up, and that's former White House Counsel Don McGahn. Uh, let's listen in carefully. Judge as, John Bates. As Jerry Nadler was appointed by President again. Bush, slapped down that argument fairly quickly. Quote, the executive cannot identify a single judicial opinion that recognizes absolute immunity for senior presidential advisors in this or any other context. He's basically quoting this that judge simple yet critical fact who says McGinn must show. The asserted absolute immunity claim here is entirely unsupported by the case law. Close quote from the judicial decision. In other words, when this committee issues a subpoena, even to a senior presidential advisor, the witness must show up. Our subpoenas are not optional. Mr. McGann has a legal obligation to be here for this scheduled appearance. He's not there. It's an empty chair. If he does not immediately correct his mistake, this committee will have no choice but to enforce the subpoena against him. Mr. McGahn did not appear today because the president prevented it. Mm. Just as the president has said that he would, quote, fight all subpoenas, close quote, issued by Congress as part of his broader efforts to cover up his misconduct. This stonewalling makes it all the more important to highlight some of the incidents That Mr. McGahn is said to have witnessed. Yeah. So let me recount some of them. All right. So oh, he's going to go into he's going to go into the specifics of the Mueller report. But basically, right now, here's what's happening. We right now have Jerry Nadler for the second time in like two weeks talking to an empty chair. There is nobody there. He has specifically subpoenaed, and his Judiciary Committee has subpoenaed Don McGahn, former White House uh, counsel. This is the Don McGahn who, according to the Mueller report, refused to fire uh, James Comey and refused to do what Donald Trump asked him to, either because he thought it was a bad idea or because he was taking care of Donald Trump or because he was lazy or because he had, I don't know, a golf match. or what, I don't know what lawyers do. I don't know what the reasoning, reasoning is. But because he was cited more often than any other witness in the Mueller report, Report, they are demanding that he come and show up. Now, Donald Trump and the White House sent a letter yesterday. And basically what this letter said was, 
Don McGahn will not show up. It is un uh, it is unprecedented and it is it is ridiculous for the Senate Judiciary Committee or the Congressional Judiciary Committee rather to demand that any of the president's uh, former uh, aides, whether they're senior aides or lawyers or legal counsel, whatever, any of the high ranking um, legal representatives or 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 White House officials who have who have been counselors to the president. That is that is just a uncalled for. And the White House isn't going to stand for it. And Donald Trump in this letter said, once again, we are going to, number one, uh, advise Don McGahn not to testify and not show up for this subpoena. In fact, we're instructing him not to do that. And Don McGahn works for the president. He's their counsel. He actually works for a law firm that works for the president and the Republican Party. And this is why Don McGahn now is in in between a rock and a hard place here, because if he shows up and he defies the president of the United States, his employer, the Republican Party, who employs his firm. Uh, they, they are also used by several other Republican lawmakers or lawmakers in general in Washington, D.C. and around the country. If they if he defies the president and answers the subpoena, well, his firm's not going to get a lot of business anymore. You're not going to hire a lawyer who runs to spill the beans and talks about all of this uh, privileged information with. The Senate with the uh, Congressional Judiciary Committee when asked. So that's not something he can possibly do. And that's not something his employers want him to do either. The second thing that happens is if he doesn't show up, Jerry Nadler, of course, now, as we hear him discussing, is going to hold him in contempt and issue another subpoena and basically enforce it so that he has to he has to come in. Let's listen a little bit more. He began to his office and he got angry. Quote, this story doesn't look good. You need to correct this. You're the White House counsel. Close quote. President Trump told Mr. McGahn, what about these notes? Why do you take notes? The president said to Mr. McGahn, inquiring why Mr. McGahn had documented their conversation. The president then told Mr. McGahn to tell the American people something that was not true. Hmm. He asked him to deny those reports publicly. Mr. McGahn again refused the president's order. He refused the president's order to lie to the American people on the president's behalf. I like how he says in one sentence, he's like, he asked him to do this. And then he says, Don McCann refused the order. Is asking someone to do something, ordering something, someone to do something? Because I'll be honest with you. I ask the other Josh to do stuff for me all the time. And he basically ignores me. Says he can't hear me or he had his headphones on or something. He goes, what? I didn't hear you. All right, Mark, I'm here. What's up? Oh, that's too late. No, I'm sorry. It's too late now. Oh. I already I already got my coffee. I appreciate it. <laughs> But there's a difference between asking and ordering someone. Uh, and this this whole thing is going to drag on and on. And Jerry Nadler finds himself in the unique position of being probably the most ignored congressional committee chair in history. He is the most. And I think that's probably the problem. The disrespect that he's being shown in his mind is is fueling this fire. This his soul is burning inside. What little soul he had, it's on I mean, it is on fire right now. He just cannot believe that that now two people, the AG, the Attorney General of the United States, the President's counsel, and now the President himself are defying him and instructing people to de- defy his subpoenas. He's just he's beside himself. The President acted for the purpose of influencing McGann's account in order to deflect or prevent further scrutiny of the president's conduct towards the investigation. Yeah. Substantial evidence indicates that the president's efforts to have sessions limit the scope of the special counsel's investigation to future election interference was intended to prevent further investigative scrutiny of the president 
and his campaign's conduct. All right. Uh, there's no a lot of people on Facebook, and we have a ton of people watching on Facebook and Twitch and on Periscope, and we appreciate all of you guys uh, joining us today and streaming the show and commenting. A lot of people are asking about fried chicken. There is no, as I can tell, there is no fried chicken in this committee meeting uh, as of yet. Um, maybe they realized that that wasn't a good look for them. Maybe some of the photos and the memes that went around after that were uh, were dissuaded them. Maybe it's just too early. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think of the last hearing with A.G. William Barr. No, I think that was scheduled for 10 a.m. too. I think that was maybe the maybe what happened is that for whatever reason, the congressional cafeteria is not open and they couldn't get the fried chicken like they did last time. But we will keep you posted. And if there's fried chicken or or grilled chicken or chicken wings or even a live chicken, which would really I'm going to be honest with you, you really want to make a splash. You bring in a live chicken and you put that <laughs> instead of talking to an empty chair, you get the live chicken, put the live chicken in the chair. Uh, in front of the little, you know, in front of the little placard that says uh, the Honorable Don McGann. That would make a splat. That would make for some memes right there. Uh, but as, but as of yet, there's no Don McGann, and there's uh, more importantly, there's no there's no chicken. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Don McGann obviously has chosen at this point to side with the White House, side with the president of the United States and side with his employers. Um, they also believe and the White House firmly believes this and they have legal backing, even though this this uh, this decision they had by this Bush um, judge that came back down and was handed back down to Nadler, even though it says otherwise, they believe that they have legal backing and legal discourse to claim presidential uh, immunity or rather, you know, um, uh, confidentiality so that Don McGahn and and also it goes to a wider swath of the president's advisors because it's not just one person they want to talk to. They want to talk to every gosh darn buddy. They want everybody in there. Anyone who's worked in the White House in the last three years, anyone who's worked in the presidential campaign, anyone who has the last name Trump, anyone who bought a Make America Great Again hat. Anybody who, uh, you know, voted Republican, anyone who, gosh, I don't even know, ever golfed at Mar-a-Lago, they want all of these people to come up and testify because they believe that someone is going to crack. They believe that somewhere there is information that leads to Russian collusion on the part of Donald Trump, even though they read that 400 and some odd page report live in the Congressional Committee hearing room just last week that claims there was none. It's I wonder how many more I wonder how many more days they're going to spend talking to an empty chair. The ranking member is about to talk. Uh, we're going to listen in on that, too. We have to take a quick break. 855-765-1045. I almost can't believe this is happening. And yet at the same time, I'm kind of really excited by it. 855-765-1045. Uh, coming up, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Trump rally from last night. Tell you what Donald Trump needs if he's going to win this election. And he said it himself last night in Pennsylvania. Uh, and also, we're going to get a visit from Bluegrass Boy. Uh, oh, and we'll talk about climate change too and uh, maybe a little maybe a little aoc yeah you know me that's all on the way stay tuned to the mark k show on news 104.5 wokv this is the mark k show my name is mark k thank you so much for joining us today you want to hear what the should we hear what doug collins is saying to the empty chair so don't be fooled you may have come morning you may have an opinion that says everything is wrong today with the Mueller report and the president is guilty but don't undercut congressional oversight because you can't wait. That's the problem we have right now. And so the question is, are we tearing at the fabric of congressional oversight? Mm. It was really interesting to hear some of that last week. When you have a committee that has issued subpoenas that ask the attorney general to do something illegal, 
when you have subpoenas, when no accommodation process has been put in place, when you have contempt issues that have been in part with no process and no time going through. I just submit to you this. Whatever your opinion on the Mueller report, great. Glad you have it. But you didn't get it here today and you're not getting it from this committee because this committee undoubtedly doesn't like the author and want to talk to the author of the report. They just want to talk about the report and make innuendo and attack the president at the middle of the day when this committee who has charge of immigration, who has charge of intellectual property, who we've touched none of with a crisis at the border, we have an admission that the economy is good, jobs are happening, unemployment is the lowest rate. I guess at the end of the day, we can't find something that the Mueller report lets them hang their I-word impeachment on, which they can't even agree on, because the president is continuing to do his job. And we're here again with the circus in full bars. Look at that. Doug Collins from Georgia, the ranking member of the uh, Congressional Judiciary Committee. I'll tell you what, man, this is he brings up a great point. And this is something I wanted to get into, uh, too, because there was there's always talk. And you hear Pelosi say it. And you hear Schumer say it. And you've heard Nadler say it repeatedly over and over again. You hear all of the Democrats on CNN talk about it and all of the ones on MSNBC talk about it. It's this constitutional crisis. And I'll tell you, there is a constitutional crisis. There is 100% a constitutional crisis, but it's not the one they're talking about. We'll talk about that in a minute. First, Tom and Yuli. Tom, uh, how are Yuli, man? Thanks so much for calling. Yeah, hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I wanted to say was, and you may have said it or I heard it somewhere rustling by, I don't know, but fact of the matter is, is like, you know, Justice Democrats pushed AOC to take Joe Crowley's spot, and now Jerry Nadler is running scared knowing that Justice Democrats can put some knucklehead up against him. Yeah, look, I mean, here's the thing. Jerry Nadler is, I mean, he's running something or other. I don't know what it is. I think it's a circus, like Doug Collins said. But here's the deal. Every single one of these people is trying to make themselves look better in their own party because, you know, that's they. this is prime time for them. They've got all the cameras. They've got Fox News in there every week watching them make a fool of themselves. But let me let me tell you, because this is this is something important. This is something important, and this is something that we probably should touch on because we haven't touched on it before. And basically, the fact of the matter is that there is a constitutional crisis in this country. Uh, there 100 percent is a constitutional crisis in this country. But it's not the one that they're talking about. It's not the one that the Democrats are putting forth in their narrative. Basically, what's happening is the real constitutional crisis in this country, the real one, the one that actually is happening is with the Democrats and it's with these Senate subcommittees. And basically what you have is a group of people who are using their uh, congressional power, their constitutional power given to them by the Constitution of the United States to harass the president, to harass another body. They are using the power of subpoena. The way they're claiming Donald Trump is using his executive orders and his executive powers to to destabilize the nation and basically put cracks in the very foundation of our of our of our democracy. And that's not true. What's happening is you have this Congressional Judiciary Committee and a ton of others. And these Democrats, the only power they have is to issue a subpoena. And what they're doing is they are they are taking advantage of it, man. They are bastardizing it. They are the ones causing the constitutional crisis because they are taking a power that was given to them by the founding fathers of oversight of the other branches, oversight of the executive branch. 
That's the one that they only care about. Uh, they're, they're using that power in a way that it was not meant to be. It was meant to keep the executive branch in line should they do something different. It was not meant to harass somebody of an opposing party, especially if you were mad that they won the election. That's not at all what this was meant for. And think about this. Here's the real constitutional crisis. Every single time that Jerry Nadler sends out a subpoena to somebody who cannot legally come and testify, does not want to testify, should not testify, every time he sends out a subpoena simply because he is trying to justify the attacks on the president of the United States and the executive branch, every time he does that, he's the one that's chipping away at the Constitution. He's the one that's using his congressional powers to basically drill holes in the very document that gives him that power in the first place. The the real constitutional crisis is not coming from the White House. It's coming from the Capitol building. And every single time somebody tells you there's a constitutional crisis, odds are they are the ones that are behind it. 855-765-1045. 855-765-1045. Quick break. When we get back, uh, we got more fun stuff coming up, more of your phone calls. You want to drop us an open mic? It's really easy to do. Go to our website or go to our uh, mobile app, rather. Click on the open mic feature, record a message, send it in, and we'll play it on the air. Oh, they're wrapping up their, they're wrapping up their empty chair committee meeting. All right. More of the Mark K Show coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. I've got to get Mark K more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark K. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. It is the Mark K Show, 855-765-1045. We, uh, we're just sitting here watching the House Judiciary Committee. They were talking talking to an empty chair. Now the entire chamber is empty because Don McGahn, White House counsel, former White House counsel, uh, refused to show up. The president said, don't show up. And he didn't. Um, and basically he has a job to do and his job is to work for the president. He doesn't work for Congress. He works for the president of the United States. So when the president says, hey, listen, here's the deal. This is bogus. You uh, we have we have um, presidential authority to say that uh, this is an, uh, this is a situation where we're uh, calling on immunity. And the things that you're going to testify about uh, the things that Mueller asked you about, that's all privileged information between you and me as the president of the United States and as my uh, and as my chief counsel. So they basically uh, they basically convened. They both had their say, the uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler. And then, of course, the ranking member uh, basically just rebuffed and rebuked everything he said. And then they then they said, yeah, all right, this committee meeting is adjourned. They will probably going forward. And I'm getting emails from uh, I'm getting emails from. Uh, Jamie Dupree all about this. They will probably now move forward with the contempt uh, hearing because that I mean, that's what the, that's the next logical step. That if somebody doesn't show up, they subpoena them, they don't show up and then they have fried chicken and then they then they vote to keep, hold them in contempt and they try to get them to come in that way. I guess I mean, so far it hasn't worked. Uh, William Barr still hasn't shown up to answer questions about his testimony or about his part in this whole report. So I don't think it's going to work with Don McGahn yet either. And this thing's going to end up in court. I mean, it's already been in the courts, but it's going to keep going through the court system where it will end up in the Supreme Court. Um, and you know, and, and the thing is, we don't know what's going to happen in the Supreme Court because our congressional or our uh, conservative judges that Donald uh, Trump are putting in place, they never agree on anything, especially, especially, you know, Gorsuch is pretty stable. He's pretty good. Clarence Thomas, we know how he's going to vote. But it's that Kavanaugh guy, man. He must still be too many beers in high school. 
He likes beer too much. He doesn't. He can't understand how to vote. He doesn't know on which side of the aisle he's on. So he's always on some. He's always, uh, you know, with one side or the other. But anyway, we'll see what happens, and we will continue to follow this. And don't think that this is the last subpoena that they're gonna that they're gonna send out. Don't think that this is the last time you're gonna hear from Jerry Nadler. I mean, you wish it were. But it's not the last time at all, um, especially as we ramp up for the elections. And I mean, the other thing is the other thing you need to realize about these elections is that we are. And I always say this. We are in full swing, not just with the Democrats, not just with the, the 27 Democrats who are out there vying for the nomination, not just with them, but with Donald Trump as well. Because Donald Trump yesterday was in he was in Pennsylvania and we live streamed this and we talked about it. And and he went out there and he was he was he was firing on all cylinders once again. The reason he was in Pennsylvania was twofold. The first reason was because he was backing some candidate, Fred, something or other, who's in a runoff election today. And he's like, look, we need this guy to win. We need him in Congress. We need all the votes that we can possibly get. So Donald Trump went there to help him out. That was the first reason to go. That's always a good reason to go to a rally is to help the local candidates, local, local, local. It's all about local. And so if you if you get a local candidate to win, you get them in Congress. That's just another feather uh, feather in your cap. And that's just another person who can help you out in the long run. But the second reason that Donald Trump was there, he was very he was very obvious about it. He was very honest. And you don't find a lot of candidates who are this blatantly honest when they go and campaign. Here's what Donald Trump said yesterday in Pennsylvania. Oh, hold on. Let me actually make it so that you can hear what Donald Trump said. Uh, take two. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, take three. Here we go. As you know, tomorrow there is a crucial election. That's why I'm here. I'm here to see you, but I'll be seeing a lot of you over the next year. I'll be here a lot. Got to win this state. Got to win this state. That's what that's what Donald Trump. He's like, look, I'll be here a lot. You're going to get sick and tired of seeing me because we got to win this state. We need Pennsylvania. You know, he told the story about how Pennsylvania was uh, the last state that they, you know, they, they kept talking about how Pennsylvania was, uh, was good, wasn't was going to go to Donald Trump, even though the polls had closed and he was way ahead. We did great last time. Remember the polls, the fake polls that they put out? Suppression. They call them suppression polls. Pennsylvania will go to Hillary Clinton. Unfortunately for them, it didn't work out that way. No, it didn't work out that way in Michigan. It didn't work out that way in Wisconsin. It didn't work out that way in Pennsylvania. And at the end of the day, Donald Trump won the election. And several days later, when she finally got over her hissy fit, Hillary Clinton was able to uh, was able to make the concession that she needed to do and hand Donald Trump the presidency. But look, Pennsylvania is important and Pennsylvania is going to be another battleground, especially with Joe Biden, who is from Pennsylvania, sort of. Biden deserted you. He's not from Pennsylvania. I guess he was born here, but he left you, folks. He left you for another state. Remember that, please. I mean, think about this. Joe Biden claims he's from Pennsylvania, but he's as much from Pennsylvania these days as Hillary Clinton was from New York. Remember how Hillary Clinton would go back to New York? because, And the only reason she was ever in New York was for power. She moved there because she wanted to be a senator. And that's the thing you have to realize. You have to look at the pathway that these people have taken to the presidency or to, to the presidential nomination. Hillary Clinton. Okay, she started in Arkansas. She was the uh, she was the the husband of the governor of Arkansas. Then she moved to the White House. Then she's like, I want to get into politics on my own. Did she go back to Arkansas? No. Why? No one was going to vote for her there. But Patrick Moynihan was retiring. Patrick Moynihan was loved in New York. And Patrick Moynihan said, Hey, come on up to New York. They'll vote for anybody who's a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, they'll vote for you. 
they'll vote for you. So she did. She moved to New York. She uprooted her whole life once again, headed up to the old Empire State, planted roots, boom, basically didn't even really have to run an election. Patrick Moynihan literally handed her the Senate seat. She went to one of the bluest places in the entire world and was handed the reins to the Senate. Was 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 again, it was a coronation of Senator Hillary Clinton by the outgoing emperor. Patrick Moynihan, and it was in the bluest place possible. There's All they had to do was say, Hillary Clinton was married to Bill Clinton. She's a Democrat. This is New York. Boom. It's all, it's all wrapped up in a little pretty blue bow. After that, it was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. She left the Senate. She became Secretary of State. She bungled the whole thing uh, in Benghazi. She took a couple years off, came back, thought she was going to be handed the presidency just as easily as she was handed her Senate seat in New York. But we all know what happened. Pennsylvania got in the way. Joe Biden's the exact same. Joe Biden was from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he went to Delaware. Why? Well, because Delaware had an open seat and he wanted to sit down. <laughs> he wanted to take it. And he's like, where can I go? And he moved to Delaware. Delaware, the first state. Yes. Home of tax free shopping. He didn't go there for the tax free shopping. He went there because he wanted to be a senator just as much as Hillary Clinton did. And he spent decades in Washington, D.C., decades, probably of all the people running for president. Currently, he is probably the most blemished, the most battle weary, battle worn, the worst record of anybody. But he doesn't care because his path to the presidency took him to Delaware. It took him to all kinds of different committee chairman meetings. It took him to the Anita Hill hearings against Clarence Thomas. It took him to the White House with Barack Obama. And now it's taken him back on the campaign trail. And Joe Biden wants to win. And he wants to win Pennsylvania. He wants to win Pennsylvania. But Donald Trump wants to remind Pennsylvania. Biden deserted you. He's not from Pennsylvania. I guess he was born here, but he left you, folks. He left you for another state. Yeah. And, Remember that, please. And he'll keep reminding Pennsylvania, and he'll keep going back there, because Donald Trump very, very honestly said to everybody at that rally, we need this state to win. He's not holding back any punches. He's not pretending to like it. He's not veiling his visits in any other form. He's going to be in Pennsylvania. He's going to be in Wisconsin. He's going to be in Michigan. He's going to be here in Florida. I mean, Donald Trump needs to win Florida. He needs to win this state. He will be here over and over and over again, and he will be honest with every single person that he talks to, every single congressional leader, every single governor, every single person who puts on a red hat and a pair of booty shorts and heads out to his rally early, by the way. These people were lined up at noon. The thing didn't start till seven. They were tailgating in the parking lot. Every single person that Donald Trump goes to talk to in any one of these states, Ohio, there's another one for you. He's going to look at him and he's going to say the exact same thing. Not, oh, God, you know what? I'm so happy to be back here. You guys, he's going to look you in the eye and say, I'm here because we need to win this state. We need Pennsylvania. We need Michigan. We need Wisconsin. We need Ohio. And we need Florida. If we are going to make America great again, if we are going to continue to keep America great that's what Donald Trump needs, and he's not afraid to say it to your face. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marque Show coming up on News 104.5 WOKV.
the other Josh, and unfortunately, Mark K had to step out of the studio for a few minutes. But luckily, we have a new guest to introduce. Uh, I want to welcome the Bluegrass Boy, and here with the latest look at your headlines is the one and only Bluegrass Boy. <laughs> to watch the news each day and sing and play banjo. I'll keep you up to date on all the stuff you all know. I'm the only news reporter in the world who sings bluegrass. And if you think this bit is stupid, well, then you can kiss my... All right, what you got for me, Jockey? Let's hear your take on uh, Congress. Congress. Democrats in Congress can't get anyone to show. They keep sending subpoenas, but the White House tells them no. They're holding everyone in contempt, but no one seems to care. Meanwhile, they're getting really good at talking to an empty chair. Hit me again, Joshy. What you got, Joshy? Let's go with the immigration. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thousands of illegal immigrants come here each day. They tried to send some to Florida, but the governor said no way. Pelosi doesn't think the border crisis is widespread, so we should put them on a bus and send them to her house instead. Here you go, Nancy. Here you go. What else? We got time for a couple more. What else? Yeah, let's go next topic. Is uh, Let's do Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Mayor Pete is really neat and popular to boot. He's got a real nice haircut and his husband's really cute. He's climbing up the poles. The other Dems are getting trounced. But we just can't have a president whose name we can't pronounce. <laughs> I, got, I got time for more. Then I got to get going. What you got? Our finale for this song is going to be Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. There you go. Game of Thrones is over. It's a show that will be missed. Even though the ending left most of its raving fans real pissed. They despise the person that was picked to rule and lead. It reminded me of 2016 when Trump beat Hillary. Yamo. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bluegrass Boy. Yay. we got to figure out a way for me to get out of character and come back as myself. <laughs> uh, there you go. If you, uh, if you want to uh, if you want to listen to that again, we may play it for you again here in just a minute. But we figured we'll mix two very exciting things, the news and bluegrass music, something that we know both of our uh, – something we know our listeners enjoy. A lot of truth to that, though. And this congressional hearing is going to keep going. Uh, there are going to be more subpoenas. There's going to be more empty chairs. There's going to be more Jerry Nadler. And there's going to be more shenanigans in Congress. Uh, basically, what's going to happen is you're going to have you're going to have this constitutional crisis continue on both sides. The the Democrats aren't used to having somebody stand up to them the way the the president does, and that the way the attorney general is, and that the way all of these emboldened Republicans are, including now Don McGahn. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Brian in Saint Augustine. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. How you doing? Man? Oh, doing great, man. What do you want to say, sir? I wanted to tell. Uh, Mark and he keeps saying that Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Philadelphia, and Florida, he needs to win. No, we need him to win. Yeah, well, he, we, all of us, everybody. We need him to win because if they don't let him win, it's going to go back to the way it's always been. Yeah. Well, and look, it's not, it's not so much as let him win. Hey, thank, it's not like Florida's going to let him win. We've got to actually get out there and do it for him. And the president doesn't really do anything except campaign. What the, what happens is everybody else who can then vote has to go out and vote. That's basically, you know, that's the basis for any election system. But the fact of the matter is that everyone who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 has to come back out in force. And the problems are going to be, I don't think the big problem is going to be Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Not as big a problem as before. Uh, a lot of people have already made the switch. A lot of people there are, 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 are really realizing the benefits of this economy. They're getting the jobs back. They're getting the factories to 
to be reopened. They're seeing what kind of a president Donald Trump is and how he can help. The problems you're going to see are here, for example, in Florida. And I think Florida is going to be a much bigger battleground than anybody thinks, not just because uh, not just because it's Florida. And, you know, we have a problem counting votes and because of the stuff going on with Palm Beach County and Broward County and the Russians who apparently have hacked all of our all of our election data, even though we're not allowed to know which uh, election data they hacked. Not that's not the problem. The problem is that Joe Biden is a pretty popular guy here in Florida with the Democrats. Joe Biden is not somebody who is unliked by uh, by the Democrats or the voters here in Florida. He's an old white dude from up, uh, up north. And that's pretty much half of our electorate. Also, he's much more well-liked than Hillary Clinton. When it comes to Democratic candidates, Joe Biden is going to have much more likability than Hillary Clinton. Plus, the Bernie Sanders show doesn't show well here in Florida. The Bernie Sanders show and and the and the Pete Buttigieg show and the Beto O'Rourke show, they don't play as well here in Florida as they do in other states, California, New York, for example. That that far that socialism hasn't come all the way down here to the Sunshine State because we are we have no income tax. You know, we don't want the government taking our money. We've made that stand. And somebody who's a little bit more middle of the road, a little more tolerable, a little more milk toast like Joe Biden is going to really give Donald Trump a run for his money. Now, yeah, we've got a Republican governor and two Republican senators, but those were all squeakers, folks. We're going to need to pull in another, another squeaker in 2020. Quick break, 855-765-1045. we got more of the Markay Show coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. I've got to get Mark Kay more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark Kay. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. This is the Mark Kay Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Oh, man, that bluegrass news music made me crack up, man. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. For those of you, a lot of people uh, are watching us on the stream, too, because we stream the show live on Facebook and on Twitch and we on Periscope, all these places. And so uh, I, I got a costume for it as well. I'm not just singing bluegrass. I'm actually dressed the part. I had a uh, straw hat that I stole from my kids. Um, I think one of them was a cowboy for Halloween like 10 years ago. Also, I bought some of these overalls online. I've never had a pair of overalls. I'm going to be honest with you. Never in my life, in my 40-some-odd years of, of living, have I owned a pair of overalls. But I bought these for this segment. Uh, just for this bit so I could wear them on the stream and we could take pictures. I'm about to post a photo on my Instagram. And I got to tell you, these things are so comfortable. They are. I know I know why people wear them. They're so great. They're comfy. They're like breathable. They're roomy. You don't feel like, you know, bunched up in places. And I feel, you know, if I spill something on myself, I've got this nice bib here. Plus with the uh, Josh, the other Josh is looking at my bib. Uh, but you got the like, bib here. Plus, with the straps over my shoulders, I know, I know that my pants, like, I feel secure. My pants are never going to, they're never going to, these are, I mean, again, this is not a commercial for overalls at all, but I would definitely recommend picking up a pair. Plus, there's all these pockets. I've got a pocket up front. I've got a zipper pocket. Sty- I mean, I'm, it's stylish and utilitarian, which is awesome. Anyway, uh, 855-765-1045 is number 855-765-1045. A lot of stuff going on. Yesterday, of course, um, Donald Trump was in he was in Pennsylvania doing a rally, making fun of the Academy Awards, which is something he likes to do. That's a lot of people. Looks like the Academy Awards used to look before they decided to go political against us. Now the Academy Awards is, you know. I don't, I don't even know what that, I don't know what that means. Yeah. The Academy Awards is. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> thank you thank you for that but remind me we have to use that clip uh we have to bleep that out for what the bleep later this week and just bleep out beyond yeah uh and then mike pence was here in florida he was here in jacksonville yesterday and while i didn't get any press credentials or an invitation to go see him uh we do have a little bit of, of his speech from yesterday gotta level the playing field for american workers workers here in florida deal to to be able to compete with companies around the world and it begins by forging trade deals that put American jobs and American workers first. That's what America First is all about. I like Mike Pence a lot, but he sure is not an enthusiastic or passionate speaker. He doesn't like, you know, he he, he doesn't do it like Donald Trump does. You know, there's no beyonds in his speech. No. Uh, but he did go. He did have some very important things to say about Florida. In our first year in office, President Trump promised the American people that we were going to we were going to, in his words, hire and grow in America to raise wages for American workers, rebuild America's cities and towns, because he said when, when we grow American manufacturing, we don't just grow wages, we grow America's spirit. And that's true. And that's the key to winning this election in 2020. Donald Trump has a huge advantage. He has two huge advantages. First of all, he is the president of the United States. Second of all, he, all he has to do to win is fulfill his promises. All he, he's already said what his agenda is. He said it in the last election. Everybody elected him. And now all he has to do is fulfill those promises. And he is way ahead of the game on that. When you look at when you look at all of the things going on, like the unemployment rates, not just for African-Americans and Asians and Hispanics, but for everybody. When you look at the consumer confidence levels, when you look at when you look at the, the, the battles that are brewing. And I'd like to point out specifically the two big battles that are brewing that Donald Trump is getting no guff on from anybody on the other side. And the first one is the tariff battle with China. The trade war with China, Donald Trump went into headfirst, had, had no problem with it. He has the cojones to look at, you know, Governor Xi, whatever, and say, hey, here's the deal. We're not going to take it anymore. And we're going to raise tariffs on you. You can raise tariffs on us. It doesn't matter. We're going to outlast you and we're going to win this thing. It's unfair and it's got to stop. And not only are not many Democrats attacking Donald Trump on that, not only are not many Democrats coming out against the tariffs against China, but some of them are coming out to praise him, most notably Chuck Schumer, who has tweeted repeatedly. Donald Trump, stay the course, stay strong. You have America's best interests at heart. I mean, Chuck Schumer, who hates everything Donald Trump stands for and fights him on everything, is is locked uh, lockstep and arm in arm with him on this trade war with China, because even the Democrats who pretend that everything good is bad and everything bad is good can't even they can't fathom. The idea of allowing China to continue with this trade deficit, they can't fathom the amount of money because the Democrats, they'll tell you they don't, but they love money just as much as the next guy. They love power more than anything, but they love money. And with and the two go hand in hand. You know, let, let, let's keep that. Let, let's make sure that we're clear on that. So they want to make sure that the United States of America is getting as much of that money as possible. Now, they're going to use it in a horrible way, but they want to make sure that we're getting that money. And they have no problem going up against China head to head, especially when they don't have to. If it doesn't work, they don't have to worry about it. They're not going to take the heat if it fails for whatever reason or if the farmers get all ticked off because their their soybean futures are the lowest they've ever been. If China doesn't ever back down and Donald Trump has to, then they don't take the blame. And if they win, it's a benefit for every single American. That's the first one. The second one is Iran. Nobody. 
Nobody in the entire world, the Democrats included, believe that that Iran should a be a nuclear power and b has the uh, has any interest in working with the United States of America as an ally. Iran and the people in Iran, the leadership in Iran, not necessarily the rank and file, not necessarily the the Vulgate, but the people who are in control, the president, all of his ministers. These are people that state sponsor terrorism and are are hell bent on the destruction of Western society. Israel, namely, if they could if they could snap their fingers and get rid of Israel, they do it in a minute and they don't care who has to die for it, whether it's their own people or anyone else's. The United States, that's the, it's the other thing they hate. They hate those two countries more than anything in the entire world. Donald Trump knows it. He knows that they're planning and plotting attacks. He knows that the Iran nuclear deal was horrible. He knows that if Iran gets nuclear weapons of any kind, even enough to even enough to to make a tiny bomb that they could that they could bring over to the United States or take to Israel, which is probably the more likely scenario. He knows that it would be the end of civilization as we know it. It would set off probably another world war, one that we would not be able to recover from. Well, we would, but some other countries wouldn't be able to recover from. And so he's very clear about putting out a warning, tweeting out to Iran, because even Iranians read his tweets. And he'll get out there and say, if Iran attacks the United States, it will be the end of Iran. And the Democrats are not arguing. The Democrats are not battling. The Democrats are not fighting. Because even they realize the two threats, the economic threat of China as a superpower and their crushing trade deficit with the United States and the nuclear capability of Iran, who has nothing more than a sociological and a theological hatred for the United States. You cannot negotiate with anybody who thinks that God is telling them to destroy you. Donald Trump will never outnegotiate Allah. That is not going to happen. Donald Trump knows it and the Democrats know it. And the only thing you can do is say, hey, Go tell Allah that if you bring a suitcase full of uranium anywhere near New York City, it will be the end of Iran. And Donald Trump's the one that has the cojones to do it. All he's got to do is keep his promises. He's got to he's got to be tough on trade, which he's doing. He's got to be tough militarily, which he's doing. He's got to denuclearize North Korea, which he's doing. He's got to keep jobs flowing into this country, which he's doing. He's got to cut taxes, corporate taxes, personal income taxes, which he's doing. He's got to make sure we get uh, an economy booming again, which he's doing. He's got to make sure that we fix the crisis at the border and build the wall, which he's doing. But he's got to do a lot faster. It's the only thing that the Democrats can battle him on at this point. It's the only thing. That's why the attention now is going to turn to immigration and it's going to turn to the border. And in order for Donald Trump to win Florida and win Pennsylvania and win Michigan and win Wisconsin and win every other state he needs, all he's got to do is fulfill that one last promise. That's it. Because then you know you have a leader who has a solid pro-America agenda and can also get the job done. But as as that last guy who called in pointed out, it takes all of us. 855-765-1045. It takes every single one of us 
going out to the polls, going out to the rallies, supporting the agenda and making sure that we don't lose the White House or the Congress or or the Senate. Well, get back to Congress or anything. We need to make sure that this conservatism, that this Republicanism, that this agenda, that, that this pro-America, America first thing that Donald Trump has started. We need to make sure that it doesn't go. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Quick break. More of the Marcasia. More of your phone calls. More of your open mic messages coming up on News one zero four point five WOKV. The Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks for joining me today. 855-765-1045. Speaking of winning Florida, by the way, speaking of the necessity of this state in the upcoming election, by the way, Carl Rove was literally just talking about the same thing we were talking about and how Donald Trump needs Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and all those other states. Uh, there's an article in The Guardian today, and it's all about Florida man. Florida man. And the Florida man, you know, the whole Florida man thing basically came from the uh, came from the 2000 election. That's when Florida Man really kind of took shape, according to this article in The Guardian, where they've really delved into they've really delved into what makes Florida Man Florida Man. And in fact, the headline is Florida Man. What lies behind the Sunshine State's crazy stereotype? This is an article by Richard Luscombe, who's in Miami, and he writes, it's one of the nation's favorite jokes with an entire state as the punchline. And at its center stands Florida Man. The mythical yet mercurial figure whose bizarre real-world antics have come to personify the perceived craziness of life in the Sunshine State. Back in the spring, Florida Man became a global social media phenomenon. Internet users were encouraged to Google the phrase along with their birth date to see just what shenanigans involving nakedness, alcohol, exotic wild animals, or sometimes all three, Florida Man had got up to on their special day. Millions around the world were enthralled to discover tales of drunken Florida citizens crashing their lawnmowers into police cars, pulling alligators from their yoga pants during routine traffic stops, or setting fire to their own houses while trying to barbecue cookies in the nude. But if the Florida man challenge has faded from the collective psyche, Florida man as a newsmaker clearly has not. Already this week, he has picked a fight with a tree dumped live catfish on a woman's lawn while posing as an FBI agent and been arrested for shooting hoops in a public park in the in the buff. And only last month, the Easter Bunny was caught brawling on a sidewalk in Orlando. Florida man says Craig Pittman, a Tampa Bay Times journalist, could be anyone from the 21 million people in Florida, male or female. It's become this all-encompassing stereotype of a bungling, often inebriated person and doing something ridiculous or clearly insane, and the very least incongruous. Quote, you can trace it back to the 2000 election recount. Until till then, Florida didn't have that kind of reputation. Then the three weeks we spent trying to figure out who the president was going to be based on people squinting at little hanging chads in Palm Beach County convinced people that maybe the folks in Florida are not as bright as we all thought. That right there is one of the reasons we need to get this election in 2020 right. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Mark K Show coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. 
like to get Mark K more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark K. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Oh, if you missed about an hour ago, we had a knockdown drag out of the Senate and the Congressional Judiciary Committee meeting. Nadler, Collins, Collins, Nadler. Back to back. There was no testimony from Don McGahn, former White House counsel, because Don McGahn didn't show up because the White House told him not to. Donald Trump yesterday said uh, we're issuing um, a directive to Don McGahn and everyone else who subpoenaed, uh, who was a, uh, a top presidential advisor, that we are we are securing immunity in all of this. And we are um, calling for, uh, you know, a presidential. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it when you have uh, uh, confidentiality? And that they are not then legally allowed to come in and answer your questions that are probably bogus and biased and have already been answered by the Mueller report. So Don McGahn did not show up at 10 a.m. today like he was instructed to do so via subpoena. And Jerry Nadler had a lot to say about Let it. Let me be clear. This committee will hear Mr. McGahn's testimony even if we have to go to court to secure it. Which is what they're probably going to have to do because, again, there was just an empty chair sitting in the, t- in the chamber where the, uh, where the uh, witness should have been. Mr. McGahn has a legal obligation to be here for this scheduled appearance. If he does not immediately correct his mistake, this committee will have no choice but to enforce the subpoena against him. Yeah, and he wanted to make sure you know that when they say subpoena, they mean subpoena. When this committee issues a subpoena, even to a senior presidential advisor, the witness must show up. Our subpoenas are not optional. His subpoena is not optional, folks. When he, when he says subpoena, he means it. And then he went on to attack the president. No shock there. Mr. McGahn did not appear today because the president prevented it. We will not allow the president to prevent the American people from hearing from this witness. We will not allow the president to block congressional subpoenas putting himself and his allies above the law. Who's really above the law here? Who's really claiming to be above the law? Donald Trump is not claiming to be above the law. Donald Trump is claiming that he's the chief executive in this country, that he has lawyers, that he has counsel, and that he has privileged information that he shares with them. And that if you want to come in, first of all, the Mueller report, the whole thing with AG Attorney Barr was that they wanted an unredacted report, which he could not provide because legally he is bound to redact the uh, the testimony uh, from the grand jury hearings. And that's all that he did. So you have a Congress who thinks that they're above the law. You have a Senate Judiciary Committee chairman who believes that he is above the law and can subpoena people to come in and testify even when it's illegal for them to do so. He's making them choose between legal obligation and his subpoena. Therefore, placing himself above the law. What Jerry, Nad- what Jerry Nadler's doing repeatedly is saying, my subpoena is more important than the existing case law. My subpoena is more important than the law that says the Attorney General of the United States uh, has to redact any grand jury testimony in this final report because it cannot be made public. It is private. It is crucial to the court system that that grand jury testimony be kept, uh, be kept unpublished and private from public view. He doesn't care about that because he's Jerry Nadler. And when he issues a subpoena, he wants everybody to know his subpoena is the end all be all. It is above any law that he truly is above the law. He doesn't see it that way, though. We will hold this president accountable one way 
or the other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Blondie. <laughs> uh, anyway, 855-765-1045. Now, one of my favorite people, and one of the people that's really come out as kind of a superstar on the right is is uh, Collins, who's the, um, Collins is the uh, ranking member uh, for the Republicans, and he was the only other person that got to speak, because they closed the committee here. There was no witness, there was no need for questioning, and there was no lunch served. So after Collins spoke, he, uh, they, they basically, you know, gaveled the whole meeting closed and it was done. But Collins, man, he's a, he's a pit bull. He comes out on fire, and he has no problem taking on the Democrats and taking on the chairman. Instead of inviting the witness to testify voluntarily and working with McGahn's counsel to find mutual agreeable time and scope for the testimony, the chairman rushed to maximize headlines by sub- issuing a subpoena. Which is exactly right. The chairman, uh, on the on the coattails of this Mueller report, while it's still fresh in everyone's mind, is rushing to subpoena everybody he can because he knows that by subpoenaing all these individuals, he will continue to make headlines. He will continue to get his face on TV. He will continue to get the cameras in front of him, and the uh, and the and the microphones will be shoved in his face because he too don't don't forget it all comes down to elections, and he's got an election to win as well. And Collins continued to talk about how this is an ongoing problem with abuse of power, not by the president, but by the Judiciary Committee. The majority claims we need to dig deeper, deeper than the two years of investigation conducted by what is considered a prosecutorial dream team, because that probe ended without criminal charges against the president or his family. And then, of course, he ended with the one sentiment that I think we're all happy about. Everything that we're looking at today, even gabbling in today's hearing without a witness, is theatrical. The cameras love a spectacle, and the majority loves the chance to rant against the administration. I just am glad today to see that we don't have chicken on the dais. Chicken on the dais. That does. That sounds like a dish at a restaurant, doesn't it? Like, what would you like? Would you like to? What's the daily special? Well, today we have chicken on the dais. Oh, I'll try that. I'm telling you, man, it is. He's a hundred percent right. Even gaveling in the meeting with no witness, they knew Don McGahn wasn't going to show up. They they got they were they got instructions from the president of the United States that Don McGahn was not going to be there. Okay, they knew it wasn't going to happen. They knew that the president is not going to let this witness come forward. They knew that AG attorney, uh, the attorney general William Barr wasn't going to be there two weeks ago. They knew all this, yet they still dragged everybody into the into the hearing room. They they dragged everybody into the committee chair uh, into the committee room. They gaveled it in. They let Jerry Nadler say his piece because he's the chairman and that's all he wants anyway. You know why? Why would he? I don't think he even wants the witness there. Why would Jerry Nadler want a witness there when he can just stand there and monologue and say all these horrible things about the president and say all these horrible things about the investigation and make up all these lies? He doesn't want somebody to be interrupting him. He doesn't want somebody to come up and say uh, when he asks a question, tell him, no, you're wrong. He doesn't want any of that. He wants everyone to tell he he wants to tell his story, his version of it. I think he keeps subpoenaing people he knows aren't going to show up so he can keep going in there, gabbling in the meeting and going on and on and on about this this grandiose uh, illusion, this collusion illusion that he still maintains. I think if Don McGahn showed up, Jerry Nadler would be upset because the last thing he wants is somebody criticizing him. The last thing he wants is to ask a question and have somebody give an answer that doesn't fit his narrative. I think that he's excited by all of this because it keeps him and his committee and his party in the news. I think this is exactly what he wants. And I think this is going to inspire him to send out even more subpoenas to even more people who are going to be no shows so that he can continue to monologue on the record in front of God and everybody.
this is not going to be the end of this. There's going to be there's going to be more of these committee meeting hearings uh, with 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 empty witness chairs. I just am glad today to see that we don't have chicken on the dice. Man, I would love some chicken on the dice. That sounds delicious. Jim from the north side, how are you? Hey, Mark, I got two quick points. Okay. Um, number one. I, ho- I love what the president's doing, ignoring these subpoenas to these bogus committees run by buffoons like Nadler and Elijah Cummings. Mm-hmm. And number two, I wish they'd hold me in contempt of Congress because I have nothing but contempt for Congress. <laughs> I see what you did. That's funny. That was good. I wish they'd uh, subpoena me because I'm going to be honest. I love fried chicken. I'm a big fan. Uh, Jan- is it Janice? Yeah. Hey, Janice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What do you want to say, Janice? How come they can't get over this? Why do they have to cling to this? They were put in offices to help us. If the idiots would concentrate on helping us, President Trump would get so much stuff done. I mean, he's done a lot, but they keep trying to tie his hands, and I just wish they would shut up and do what they're supposed to do, not this. Well, but here's the problem, Janice. In their minds, they're doing what they're supposed to do. A lot of them believe that they were elected and a lot of them believe that they were they were brought into power, that the majority was restored to the House of Representatives for the Democrats. A lot of them, probably 90 percent of them believe the only reason that happened was so that they could get rid of Donald Trump. They believe that what you just said, why don't they do what people elected them to do? They believe that's what they're doing. And they're probably right. They probably got a ton of votes. They probably got thousands of people out to the polls with the with the with the demand or with the promise that they would impeach Donald Trump. The Mueller report would come out and they would find collusion. And that didn't happen. So they were looking for obstruction and there was no obstruction in the report. Mueller didn't say obstruction. So now you know what they're trying to do. They are trying to create obstruction. They are. That's why they're subpoenaing everybody. They couldn't impeach Donald Trump on collusion. But that doesn't mean they're going to stop trying to impeach him. It just means, you know, if, if you go, if you're, let's say you're going to the Jaguars game and all of a sudden you, you pull up to the Main Street Bridge and they've raised it up, which is something they do before a Jaguars game, which I never understood. You do a U-turn and you get off and you take the Acosta Bridge because you're going to get to the game somehow or another. You're not going to miss it. You've got those tickets. You want to see the Jaguars play. It's the same thing. They got to the Main Street Bridge. And it was close. It was a detour. There's nothing there. So they have to turn around, and now they're trying to figure out a way to impeach Donald Trump. And if they keep subpoenaing people, and if Donald Trump keeps telling those people not to show up, then they're going to go to court and say, this guy is obstructing justice now. This guy is telling witnesses who we demand, whose testimony we must have for presidential oversight. This guy is telling them not to show up. That is obstruction of justice. Where, where obstruction of justice doesn't exist, the Democrats will manufacture it because the voters told them that's what they wanted them to do. So they're doing exactly what they think they were elected for. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of your phone calls. More of your open mic messages. This is the Mark K Show. Whoopi. This is the Mark K Show. My name's Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We're so excited that you're here. And, uh, man, I can't believe how fast the day goes. It flies so it flies by so much. When you're making fun of the Democrats in Congress, the day really goes quickly. We should do that more often. 
1045. Speaking of Democrats in Congress, AOC is still, she's backtracking on the whole Green New Deal and the whole, uh, you know, the earth was supposed to be destroyed in 12 years. And now, you know, we've only got 10 years in 2020. And basically her whole, her whole agenda item is people have realized that it's ridiculous and stupid and it would never work. Um, and now she's trying to say, hey, it was a joke. But the fact of the matter is they still believe in climate change and they still believe that every building should be redone, should be torn down and rebuilt. There are there are a lot of Democrats that are voting for really ridiculously stringent, um, you know, laws when it comes to when it comes to emissions and things like that. And this, of course, flies in the face of what they actually do. For example, uh, the rapper Drake, who bought himself a huge airplane the other day called Drake Air or Air Drake or whatever, and sings about climate change in one of his songs. So, I mean, the, the hypocrisy is there. Uh, but the one thing about climate change, I don't know if you notice this. If you look at the weather, even even today, uh, you know, as it gets, it, it used to be that in December it would be freezing cold, and a lot of places in December you'd have you'd have snow and ice, and you'd have this white Christmas. And it just seems like it's getting later and later. For example, you know, they blame climate change on how on how it's warmer at Christmas time, or how on New Year's Eve there's no snow. You know, people can go out without a coat, and then they what'll happen is the snow will continue through March. Maybe even into April in some places. It'll be colder longer. The groundhog comes out and says, I see my shadow, uh, you know, six more weeks of winter. And they don't blame the stupid groundhog. They blame climate change. But really, uh, there's another theory that I've adopted years ago that I think may actually explain why it seems like the winters are warmer and the and the springs and summers are colder. And I think it's not that we are destroying the Earth's atmosphere. I don't think it's that we're causing or creating any kind of climatary change because of the 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 aerosol sprays we use or the cars we drive or or the buildings we build or the airliners that we fly around. And I don't think it's any of that. I think we screwed up when we created clocks. I think our clocks are wrong. I think we whoever came up with clocks, I think they screwed it up. They messed it up. They were stupid. I think what happened is they said a day is 24 hours, but really it's not. I believe a day is actually, let's see if I do the math right in my head. I believe that a day is actually shorter than 24 hours, maybe 23 hours and 20 minutes or 23 hours and 40 minutes. And I believe that every single year what happens is these these extra 20 minutes add up and push the calendar back farther and farther. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's just seconds every year. But I believe that they push the calendar back farther and farther. Or maybe it's not that there's 365 days. Maybe there's 365 and a half days. And even leap year doesn't make up for it. But as a result... Our time frame is getting shoved and our days are getting pushed. And what used to be December is now is now November. And that's why it's warmer. And what used to be what used to be, you know, February is now March. And that's why it's colder. I don't think it has anything to do with climate change. I think it has something to do with bad clocks. I think our timing is off. And I would like to propose that we have some kind of massively expensive government study into the timing of of the of the of our clock system of our entire system of of keeping and maintaining time because i believe if you look at it you'll see that is why we're getting varied temperatures and variations in the weather patterns and why it seems like the winters are warmer and the summers are cooler and yada 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 and here you go and there you go and that way. and the, the, look at the hurricanes we already have a hurricane forming or a tropical storm forming this early that can't just be uh, that just can't be a climactic change. That's got to be something with the clocks. That's got to be something with the, they, the, for whatever reason, that hurricane thinks it's September already, and it's only May, almost June. 
I really think we need to revamp this study. And I think that we'll find that it's not that we're destroying our planet. We are just dumb when it comes to telling time. 855-765-1045. I mean, again, I could be wrong. It's just a theory. But then again, so is climate change. And it made Al Gore a bazillionaire. So if you see me on the lecture tour with a PowerPoint presentation and a great big clock that says 24 hours and 20 minutes a day, you're going to know that I found my retirement plan. Uh, listen, are we, we're, we're going to get it tomorrow. I can't believe tomorrow's already whatever you want Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk about tomorrow, get ready. Study up. Get ready. to Put the speed dial. Put the number in your speed dial. Because tomorrow's your day. You get to take over the show, and you get to talk about whatever your little heart desires. We're going to be tracking this Don McGahn issue. We're going to find out what's going to happen if they if they hold him in contempt, in contempt if they try to re-subpoena him, if he decides to show up. Whatever happens, you're going to find out about it right here on, uh, on News 104.5 WOKV. Stay tuned, because we've got the news and Rush Limbaugh. That's coming up next. See you tomorrow. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.